All right, hello and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and joining me today on... Ray, you don't know this, do you? Hmm. Today's a holiday. Uh-oh. Today's a special Let's anniversary. See, it's, not, it's not your birthday. It's not my birthday, but it is someone's birthday. Yeah. Someone near and dear to both of our hearts. Oh, yeah? It's the birthday of John Calvin. <laughs> Born today, July 9th, 1509. So, okay... The dude would be really old if yes. you were still around. <laughs> so, oh, by the way, and, and my co-host is Ray Jewell. So, yeah. Ray, uh, what are you doing to celebrate uh, Calvin's birthday? Um, you pick some tulips. I'm or... going to choose to ignore it. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we are. I had to go there. Well, I this had has to nothing to do with our podcast. Today, well, no, it doesn't. But you know. That's this more like raining rain material, yeah. actually, but that's all right. This is, what I have, this is what Facebook is good for, knowing just little minute details about uh, meaningless stuff. But Oh, you just said John Calvin is meaningless. Well, his birthday, necessarily. <laughs> but Anyway, all right, so we're back. We're talking about the book, Unquestioned Answers, and we're talking about Chapter 10 today. Yes. Chapter 10 is entitled... Wait, did I say, I, I said unquestioned answer. You did. Okay, you good. were looking right at the book yeah. when you said it. <laughs> that that's not been, a guarantee, though. I was going to say, that would be bad if you messed it up yeah. looking at it. All right, so the title is God is Good All the Time. All, all the time, time God, God is, is Good. good. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, I remember listening to the little chorus when I was a teenager, but God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. To me, <laughs> yeah. And, and Ray's lifting up his hands at this point. You can't see that on the... <laughs> An audio version of this. So, Ray, what, what jumps in your mind first? You hear that God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Well, it's true. <coughs> I mean, He is, but yeah, the but is this: you tell that to somebody who's going through a really difficult time in their lives, and they don't even believe in God in the first place. Yeah. It uh, becomes a nonsensical statement for them to. They they they're not going to bother listening to you. Yeah. If you're going to go there, and um, you know, I mean, there's a, another song that we were singing just this last Sunday at church. I forget the name of it now. You are so good, good, good to me. It's all about to me, you know, and and God's going to take care of me. Well, yeah. okay, maybe. But certainly not necessarily in the way that you want him to take care of you. Right. I mean, God doesn't, he's not confined to our whims and our desires. Um, That's where we get to, uh, I think we might have even covered this, we talked about uh, verses that are often taken out of context. Romans 8, 28. Yeah. We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who the calls according to his purpose. Yeah. And we claim that, and now see, no matter what happens, it's going to work out for good. And the problem, I think, with that is, as you said, who defines what good is? Well, right. And if, if it's God's definition, then it's a whole lot different than yours and mine. <laughs> I mean, if, if God is goodness, which he is, um, you know, just because we may think that something happens and we attribute it to God doesn't necessarily mean it's of God first of all um, and it doesn't necessarily mean that well explain that Steve well because the Calvinist in me just said what 
That's a shout out to you, John, wherever you are. Yeah. <laughs> He's rolling over in his grave. Uh, Calvinist and an Arminian <laughs> talking together. What did I say anyway that I had to explain? That not everything is from God. Well, okay, evil is obviously not from God. He may allow evil to happen, but the scriptures are plain and clear on the fact that you know, God does not tempt anybody. God does not cause evil to happen. He will use that evil at times. Um, but you would even say, well, let me push back a little bit. Yeah. Um, because we both, I mean, you're not an open theist. No, no, no. no, um, no. And we, we do believe that God knew the end from the beginning. So when God created this world, he knew he was creating a world in which bad things would happen or evil things right. would happen. Right. Uh, you know, and that, that evil comes about because of God giving everybody created in his image the opportunity to choose to follow his mandates or not and that's you know where sin comes from is uh, a willingness not to follow after what he has asked us to do and again you know I mean this we're, we're getting yeah. into a discussion that is an interesting one for a Calvinist and an Arminian because we disagree. Because I, <laughs> I, would, I would say there's not much of a difference between saying God willed this to happen mm -hmm. and God just created a world where he knew this would happen. Mm -hmm. I, I think the two are almost synonymous. Uh, but I do want to get back to what you're saying in the role of free will because I think that's an interesting thing that I, I want to get circle around to later. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say God created a world where he knew this would happen Yet, uh, and I would different. I, I would distinguish between um, the, a will of God that um, will absolutely happen. You know, if God says it will happen, it will happen. And, and a God's will that is more, um, you know, for example, it's not God's will for me to murder. Yet I can do it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and God's decorative will, and I can't think of. Uh, there's another theological term there that is escaping my mind right now. Um, but anyway, I mean, we both agree that God's not the author of sin in that God doesn't cause me to sin. God doesn't cause my evil actions. Uh, I don't believe that God made me yell at my wife the other day or, or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, I think we could both, both agree yeah. on that. Yeah, and I mean, and in reality... We cannot even use the, the devil as a scapegoat right. for our right. sin. Uh, you know, we, we, the devil made me do it. We are, yeah, but we fall into that trap on our own, our own desires take over. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm sure Satan is there pushing us and trying to get us to go the wrong way. But uh, you know, the responsibility is ultimately with ourselves. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, are we getting off topic just a bit or not a little bit okay. but uh, so let's 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 move a little forward here and just talk about the idea that god is good so there are two parallel truths going on at the same time god is absolutely good mm -hmm. at the same time there is suffering in the world right the suffering you're going through is not imaginary it is real mm -hmm. and that's that's the uh always going to be in the top three questions that yeah. Uh, apologetic questions for Christians to have to deal with and wrestle with. How do you justify a God who is good and just and 
omnipresent, omnipotent. Uh, what's the other on me? Omnipresent, uh, omnipotent, um, um, uh, omniscience. Yeah, omniscience. Yeah, yes, knows all. I mean, if this is truly God, then how do you rectify that with evil? Yeah, and, and suffering. And Myers talks about this, about this in the book, and he says uh, he's quoting an atheist. He's arguing with, and he's well discussing. Because Jeff Myers is <clears throat> different than us. He doesn't argue. He just yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. All right. Christianity. He's a nice guy. <laughs> Christianity has a problem with evil. He said. Then explain that either God doesn't care about our suffering, in which case he is not good, or he can't do anything about it, in which case he isn't as powerful as the Bible says. Boom, drop the mic. There you go. Yeah, well. And I've had students basically saying the same thing. I think, in fact, one of the number one things, I should say the number two thing, uh, when I have students who struggle with the existence of God, that's what they're going to go to. Why do I suffer? Mm-hmm. Why do people suffer? Why is there evil in the world mm-hmm. if there's a God who's good? Well, see, and this is where I think one of the bigger areas that the Arminian and Calvin uh, debate differs on that because I would say that you know, it's certainly not God that causes the, the evil to happen. It's individual people when they sin who are... Uh, Choosing that suffering and bringing it upon themselves. Now, but what, that is, what's interesting about that, though, is God still can use that right. to develop us and and you know not just us as individuals, but as the body of Christ. The Bible's full of suffering. You know, you can't turn a page without it right. uh, being at least. You know, if it's not explicit, it's implicit. Because, I mean, pretty much every book in the New Testament is based on the, the Sitzen Leben, the situation in life, is they're under Roman occupation. So suffering is a reality. And then you got the Jews who basically really hate this new sect called Christianity, uh, you know, disciples of Jesus, because it's taking away their power. So there's a persecution coming from that way. And then you got people inside the church who are still trying to go by the old way. So you got all this stuff going on, and that's a backdrop for what we read in the Bible. And suffering is, let's face it, it's part of life. Well, and I want to push back a little bit, because you said suffering is part of choices that are made. Uh-huh. Um, but not always. No, for example, no, in, in, in the book, uh, Myers talks about his wife suffering through a... Um, health condition only like one in five million people get. Mm. Um, that's not something that was a, like right now I have health problems and it's because of my bad choices. Right. Um, she's going through that not because of anything she did, it's just a birth defect or, or whatever. Right, right, right. Um, so there is suffering that exists even outside of our choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I go back to, I, I, I think it's all grounded in the Christian worldview in the sense that, first off, every worldview has, has to struggle with this. Yes. If you're going to ditch Christianity because of this, okay, but what are the other answers? Exactly. Um, and they, everyone, don't, they don't have anything. Right. They really don't. Um, you know, I, the, the answer 
I, what is it? Eli Weisel was uh, in a concentration camp, and he was wondering, he asked the question, where's God? God was right there in the middle of it. God goes through the suffering with us. Yeah. You know, Jesus on the cross is probably the greatest suffering ever known on this earth because of who he is. Um, and yet he did it willingly because this was how God had set this in motion, this plan in motion from before the creation of the world to deal with all the suffering and the sin that is that is there and the evil that is there. Bro, I, I want to go, what you said is really good, um, even though you're Armenian, um, <laughs> in that uh, God does walk through us in our sufferings, with yeah. us, in mm-hmm. our because sometimes we think the good Christian answer is, well, God's trying to teach us something through this. And, and the idea is almost like, you go through this bad time yourself, and at the end of it, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Yeah. Um, and that's just cruelty, in my opinion. Right, I agree. And I, that's not what God does. I, I look at Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And Paul goes on to say that in that chapter that, listen, I don't want, Corinthians, I don't want you to be um, naive. Mm-hmm. You're going to suffer. We are suffering. Mm-hmm. But we have a God of all comfort. And that word comfort in the Greek comes from that word uh, uh Paraclete, or the, it's, it's the same sure, word we the get the comforter, the, yeah, Holy, the Holy Spirit, Spirit. And, and and that literally means one who comes alongside. Right. And so I think the great truth of Christmas, we talk about Jesus as Emmanuel, mm-hmm. God with us. Mm-hmm. Well, the truth of the matter is God didn't leave us right. at the cross or at the ascension, mm-hmm. but through the Holy Spirit, God has given us another Comforter or one who stands alongside or or. Um, it's also a, a legal term for like a lawyer. If I go into a courtroom, mm-hmm. I don't get just an advocate. to speak yeah. up. But yeah, I have an advocate, one who stands alongside with me and, and gets to speak for me and defend me. And so God walks through us. In, God walks through us. Walks <laughs> with us. Zoom! Oh, boy. Oh, you're getting a new wage. Yeah, stuff, God walks with the us. The matrix. You'll through <laughs> the suffering. Yes, there um, you go. Because I believe God has a plan for that suffering. Right. And it goes back to what the Christian worldview creation, fall, redemption. Mm-hmm. God creates the world perfectly, yet sin enters into this world, and now this world is not functioning as God originally intended it to function. Right. And so this world is not uh, according to that particular plan. So therefore, there are things that are evil and suffer, mm-hmm. and, and, and whether it's disease or natural disasters and things like that. Uh, or even our own human intuition that leads towards sin. Mm-hmm. All of these things are a part of that fall. But the good news of Christianity is, is the work of redemption that Christ began at the cross and is, and is beginning to change all that. We go back to Romans 8, you know, for all things work together for good, but back up, mm-hmm. and we see that this whole world is groaning mm-hmm. with anticipation of, of the redemption of the sons of God. Mm-hmm. And so this whole world travails like a, like a woman in childbirth. Right. And so all of this suffering does have an ultimate purpose. Just like, you know, I, I've, I've never been pregnant. Good. Um, 
You, it may look like it. Oh, well, you know? I, I've been, um, I, I've had people say that to me before. <laughs> but uh, those are a couple of chicken nuggets in there, not a, not a baby. Um, but it's, it's, from what I'm told, it's a pretty painful thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that pain has a purpose in the end. And I've never met a mother who said, yeah, it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd never do that again. Um, so that that pain does have purpose. And I think it, as Christians sometimes, our natural instinct for some reason is to discount that pain and suffering. Oh, yeah. And just say, hey, hey don't worry about it. Hey, turn that, fry, that, that smile upside down. Or no, turn that frown upside down. Right. Um, or hey, don't you know God is good? And so just get through it. Uh, that, and that's, you know, uh, American Christianity, which everybody should know by now that I do not use that term kindly. Yeah. Uh, American Christianity is into uh, the moralistic, therapeutic uh, kinds of stuff. Are they... Uh, uh, prosperity gospel, yeah. all that, trying to ease the pain, you know, to somehow mollify it over, to smooth it over, whatever. Where That, that is so foreign in, in the yeah. Bible. It's yeah. just not there. I mean, God uses these times to make us more like the person he wants us to be, like you know, iron sharpening iron in a sense where God is right. the one it's, you know, the, that passage is about uh, two guys or two women together but you know, all of this brings us to the idea of it's done in community yeah. you know, when we divorce ourselves from the body of Christ of course we're going to think God doesn't care right. but whose fault is it if we take yeah. ourselves out of that context right it's on us, uh, you know, it's on me for not sharing my burdens with one another, yeah. doing the things that Paul talks about in, this is which, which book is it, Galatians 6? Ephesians 6. One of those talks about, you know, share your burdens with each other. And, uh, oh, yeah, that's and Galatians. That's, yeah. yeah, okay. And the, the, the thing is, we need Bear to... Bear one another's burdens and so right, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And that's... We need to be doing that, and we fail miserably at that. And that's where, that's where we follow the example of Jesus. We mentioned yeah. Jesus walks with us in the pain and in the suffering. And as we as Christians, that's what we're commanded. Mm-hmm. We're not commanded to cheer people up. Mm-hmm. We're commanded to weep with those who weep, Paul says, and yep. mourn with those who mourn. Yep. Um, I well, think Jesus said that too. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, yeah it's, it's, Jesus wept. Yeah, well, yeah. It's not just the shortest verse in the Bible. It means something. Yeah, he lost his, probably his best friend in all the world when Lazarus died. And uh, he wept. It was a painful thing. And he wept even though he knew that he was going to raise him from the dead. So, you know, pain and suffering and and, uh, anguish and sorrow... It's all part of what we are to experience in this life. Yes. There will be a day, you know, that the Bible's pretty clear about. There'll be no more tears, no more crying, no more pain yeah. for the old things have gone away and new things have come. But that's not yet. Right. 
And for us to try to mollify and to medicate ourselves through those things, and I'm not saying don't take medication if you're in pain, but don't, you know, just don't treat people because of whatever reason you, you want to stay away from people that are going through their suffering, through suffering. I mean, you know, it's the Job and his friends story all over. They were, the best thing they did was sit with him for seven days without saying a word. Right, right. <laughs> but then they started talking and it, it was really bad. <laughs> but uh, to the point where, I, I mean, even Job is starting to question God and all yeah. that. And you know how God answered him? You know, where were you? When I did all this, where were you? Yeah. It's interesting because we want to ask, where was God? Yeah. But God looks at us and says, where were you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did all this stuff. Yep. In other words, pay attention. Right. Um, to some degree. And so, yeah, it, it, it's important for us. And what you're saying is actually really difficult because it's, it's awkward talking to people who are going through difficult times. But I know um, that's, I remember in college. I was going through a pretty difficult time. Mm -hmm. uh, the girl I thought I was going to marry, and I had just broken up. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm thankful for that now, but not at the time. And I was just, just in tears. And I remember thinking one night, um, I had been depressed for weeks. And there's just one night, it all came to a head. And I, I don't know what got into me. I thought... If I don't do something about this now, I'm going to do something stupid. Mm. And it's something I'll regret forever. And I remember I said, i got to talk to somebody. Yeah. I called I called a couple people. Nobody was home. Um, nobody's hitting <laughs> the phone, which has made things worse. And then I finally I talked to a friend who did nothing but just listened yeah. and cried. I remember uh, it was a female. She, she was crying on the other end of the phone. Mm. And I just remember at that point, I'm going to make it through this. Yeah. And I don't know why. There was nothing in that. Mm -hmm. But it was just being there mm -hmm. um, that really made a difference. Well, having, having served as a pastor, and especially in, a, in rural churches where there's a lot of dying going on, I, learned, I have learned the best thing to do is just to be there. Now, if they want to ask you a question, then deal with it, but don't. It, it comes across as being very plastic. Yeah. If you're trying to uh, say words to make them happy, they're not happy. They're not going to be happy. They right. need to. Everybody goes through their suffering and their pain differently, and um, you know, just just to be there to have provide a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. You know, to say some good words when you're doing the, the service, if you know that's what you've been asked to do. I was trying to, you know, make the funeral uh, celebration of the life of the person. Of course, now there's no celebrating in my heart going on if the person didn't know Christ. <laughs> but you know, you can still come out with you know the kids. You always got to talk to the family beforehand, but yeah. they, they can say, you know, he was a good dad, and good mom, whatever. And, and uh, just, um, but then always, I've tried to always give the gospel because, let's face it, even if the person is not with Christ for eternity, he or she wants 
their family and right. their friends to know the truth yeah. about Jesus. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, you can approach it that way. Yeah. But, you know, this, this idea that God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. Yeah, it's a, it's a truism. It's not theologically wrong, but it is emotionally Right, it's dismissive. Yeah, exactly. Dismissive. And and Ray, as we're wrapping up here, I'll say I I know for firsthand that you're. This is something that you're you're good at, Hmm. um, in the sense that you know one one of the lowest points of my life when I had to get this toe amputated a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. um, You actually went with me. You drove me actually to the, the hospital, and you weren't sitting there cracking jokes. Well, oh, I wasn't well to, to a degree, to a degree. When, when Phil I was mean, there, I mean, come on. Well, I mean, anytime, anytime you share your theology, it's a joke. But um, <laughs> no, um, but you weren't sitting there like trying to cheer or, or, or giving me little, uh, um, you know, time heals all wounds. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, not this one. Um, <laughs> no, and uh, uh, you know, other little trite expressions. But you were simply there, and you were talking to me as if I was like a normal person. Well, um, which is, that must say something about me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I needed at the time. Right. And so, um, all right, let's get to... Uh, well, that, uh, real quick, the, the thing is putting yourself in those positions to be the come-alongside person. Yeah. A lot of people shy away from that. How are you going to get any good at it? If you don't do that, right. <laughs> so it, for us, it takes practice and well, relying upon the Holy Spirit to. Let me uh, tell you a story about that. I think I've shared the story before, so um, you can fast forward if I have. But <laughs> I remember <laughs> um, my first job right out of college, uh, first ministry job was I was a, uh, I was working at a church out in, <laughs> excuse me, wow, Brockton, Massachusetts. Sorry. And uh, the pastor had just left, and so there was an interim pastor there uh, who was kind of inexperienced. And then there was me, fresh out of Bible college. I was doing some of the preaching, and remember the, the pastor, after one Sunday service, the pastor was unavailable, he's doing something, and the pastor's wife came to me and said, Kevin, you know, you gotta talk to this guy over there. This guy, you know, he's sitting in a pew, he's just crying and weeping. Can you go talk to him? I said, well, sure, you know, I strap up my Bible, and I, I have all my Bible <laughs> college information and knowledge in my head. I look at this guy. This guy's huge. This guy is your stereotypical biker. I mean, yeah. dressed in leather, head to toe. He's got his helmet, um, tattoos everywhere, piercings, and like this is a mean dude. Mm-hmm. And so, like, uh, what am I going to say? Okay, so I say, hey, uh, excuse me, sir. Um, hi, I'm Kevin, and uh, you know, can I help you? Is there something I can want to talk about? And he was on the verge of a divorce. His wife was kicking him out of the door. Mm-hmm. I'm fresh out of Bible college. I could barely get a date. Forget about a wife at that point. Not married. Um, I had no idea. What kind of a marriage advice am I going to give this guy? Right. And I had no, he was telling me all the stupid stuff he had done. And I had no idea what to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I started crying myself. That's probably um, the best thing you could have done. And it was. <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I was like, yeah. I don't know. I said, sir, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, but can I just pray with you? Yeah. And we sat there and we prayed. He got up and he said, you know what, that really helped me. Thank you. And he left. Um, now, if I were smart, I would have, like, followed up on that, got his name and stuff. I didn't. Um, but he got up and he felt better, not because I had wisdom. Right. Because um, I didn't. Well, and, you had wisdom not to say it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I, I would shudder to think of what I would have said if yeah. I tried to give him advice. Yeah. Uh, even now, I shouldn't be giving marriage advice to people. <laughs> Ask my wife. Uh, <laughs> but just simply being there is what he needed. That's a and whole that's, other podcast, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's oftentimes when people are suffering, you sit down and you listen. Yep. Um, and that's anyone can do that. You don't mm-hmm. have to have great advice to do that. Right. So, all right, well, we got to wrap this up. And so recommended resources, of course, we're recommending the book Unquestioned Answers by Jeff Myers. Um, and uh, the other book that helps me on this topic, Ray, I don't know if you have anything, um, but a book I read years ago by Philip Yancey, Where is God When It Hurts, mm-hmm. um, is a great little book I recommend. He also wrote a book uh, years before that called The Problem of Pain and talks about his time spent um, with lepers, actual modern-day lepers. And uh, that was a fascinating book as well. So I'd recommend those two books, The Problem of Pain and Where is God When It Hurts by Philip Yancey. Well, C.S. Lewis, uh, Surprised by Joy. Mm, yes, I've read about that. It was excellent. Uh, I mean, you know, Lewis is recognized by many as the greatest um, apologist of the Christian faith from the 20th century. Absolutely. And, and yet he, in that book, goes through the suffering of losing his wife by the name of Joy. In fact, married her knowing she was going to die. Yeah. And um, you know, he, uh, I think Lewis is capable in all areas. He's a genius in my book, I mean, yeah. as far as the, having the ability to write and to speak in so many different areas that uh, not all, not many of us have. Right. We try here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we got to wrap it up here. We're already over time. Okay. So uh, don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. You can read some of Ray's writings there. Uh, look at all the past episodes. Look at our recommended resources. All of that. Don't forget the Facebook group as well. You can actually read more of Ray's writings on there. Almost done with Isaiah. Um, so we're moving on to John after that, right? Planning on And by we, I mean you, because you're doing all the work. Yes, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you can leave us questions and things there, any comments, or if you've got a funny meme or something, share it with that. Um, Did you see my meme from today? No, I, I haven't seen it today. The Babylon Bee had one where uh, Cain West, uh, what is his name? Kanye West. Kanye West. Wow, where you're old. Chose Joel. Oh, Joel Osteen Osteen is running me. Running me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, uh, what, on our uh, Facebook, then Twitter, and Instagram at Basic Bible Cast. So next week, Ray, we're going to wrap up this whole series. Yeah. So join us then next week. It's been a great series. It has been. All right. Have a good week. Uh-huh.